millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. going up's League 2 preview. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. We're back, and I know what you're thinking, a nice understated start to the season as ever. Welcome to episode 133 of We Are Going Up. It is the first podcast of our fourth season, can you believe? I'm Mark Crossley. I'm delighted to say that through the glass from me, not alongside me, through the glass is Mr. David Cameron Walker, DC. Here we go again. Hello. How are the excitement levels? building each day as we yeah. go up yeah I know, I'm really excited I think having the World Cup this summer was a, a sort of welcome distraction from, mm. from the Football League if it you was. like and now I'm ready for it though I had a few weeks off to recover from the World <laughs> Cup and now I'm ready to go OK I know that many people listening are eagerly awaiting the news of our all day uh, World Cup drinking trek around London the hashtag one day World Cup as we called it um, three men 24 hours 32 venues in London, one for each World Cup nation, lots of booze, a dog, Jarvis Cocker, um, a Hungarian rickshaw driver, and a 40-quid bottle of champagne. Those are just some of the headlines. It was quite ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's taken me a little while to recover, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, you may have seen it on Twitter as, we, as we're doing it yes. throughout on the day. Uh, we, we posted up a little storyify after the day, so you can go and see it if you want. It was an eventful day. It was interesting. If you Google hashtag one day World Cup with the one being a number one, you will find the storyify, which tells yeah. the story of the day beautifully. I think the lowest moment was you ringing up an Algerian coffee house in London from the back of a cab asking them to stay um, open past 8 p.m. It was something like it was like something out of the apprentice wasn't it really <laughs> it dashing was. around but he was a great man he was a Algeria great man. became my sort of second favorite team in the world cup Didn't after he that he promises some work experience at talksport or something like that and you got a text from him the next day uh, not the algerian coffee store right? no, no. <laughs> the, 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 the cab driver, driver. um let's let's yeah, forget let's about that, over yeah. that okay <laughs> a few bits of business to get out of the way before we kick off the season uh, firstly we should say uh, that we're in uh, a brand new studio, as we said we probably would be at the end of last season. So if it sounds a little bit different, 
that will explain why. That's the first thing. Second thing, there might be people just joining us now who haven't listened to We Are Going Up before, who just found us on iTunes or whatever at the start of the new season. So we're going to do a little bit of a reintroduction, getting to know you type exercise, DC. Okay, are okay. we? News to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say a statement and then you've got to sort of repeat it for you. That makes sense? So right. It's very, very quick. So I'm going to go. Okay. Here we go. So to new listeners, hello, I'm Mark. Hello, I'm David. I'm 27. I'm 28. I live in West London. I live in East London. I'm from Bury near Manchester originally. I'm from Watford near London originally. I support Bury Football Club. I support Watford Football Club. I'm a radio presenter. I'm a radio producer. My favourite moment in football was Ryan Lowe scoring against Chesterfield in 2011 to help Bury get promoted from League Two. My favourite moment in football was my sort of favourite moment in football. I suppose it has to be Deeney scoring for Watford against Leicester in that playoff semi-final, but it's also kind of bittersweet because I wasn't there and I think about it almost daily. There you go. Right, we've got that, got that out of the way. Um, we should say um, we kind of uh, a couple of men down really this season. Jim Knight has moved back to Leicester. Carl is still going to be on now. And I think well, he's Jim... left, you know, Premier League team. Know, exactly. That's it. Gone. Uh, they've got promoted. The first time so, of asking. So he's gone. Uh, so for the time being, it's just going to be me and you. So we're going to do the podcast slightly differently this season and we're going to sort of explain right at the top of the show how it's going to work. You're Do we know? To, we, don't, we don't really know <laughs> yet, but you're used to having sort of 50 minutes to an hour every week of us on chatting to a couple of guests, whatever. Uh, this season, there might not be a podcast every week because if one of us is away, we can't really do the show. I hope you understand. We're kind of laying it on the table at the start of the season. So hopefully you'll follow or go with us in this kind of new format. Uh, so we're going to be doing it slightly differently. Less is more, I think. Less is, is more. Yeah. Um, and the day that the show's come out might be slightly scattered due to studio issues because we lost our studio in the summer. So it might not necessarily come out on the same day every week. Hopefully, but we're not sure. Um, but we are going to do sort of different topics this season because last season we spent a lot of the time talking about the, the latest manager to be sacked or whatever. Whereas this season we're going to go more in depth, aren't we, on, on certain topics related to the Football League? Yeah, I I think so. I think, you know, for example, you know, the shows that we did last season, such as the one we did after the whole um, League Three B team um, proposal, Greg Dyke's proposal was announced. We did sort of a special on that when the the shows that we went out and about on the road to different games. Mike Calvin one, the transfers one. Absolutely. So we're going to maybe look at a few different subjects, different sort of themes, features, a bit more in depth with some some mini documentaries rather than the week in, week out daily grind of Hmm. of looking at the results and and the the hirings and firings and and stuff. Yeah, there'll still be room for that. If big stories happen, we'll still endeavour to talk to, you know, the various local local journalists, yeah. bloggers, fans, managers, players and people up and down the country that we have done in the past. Maybe we'll just put that out, you know, a 15 minute interview out yeah. there for you to enjoy on SoundCloud or, or iTunes or, or wherever it may be. Um, so you're not going to hear from us every week, but when you do hear from us, <laughs> we should hopefully be in better form. Well, the podcast is evolving. That's what I'm saying. Um, so we'd love you to get involved. We uh, would like you to tweet us at Wagyu Podcast. Uh, you are going to get three shows from us this week. So we are starting the season uh, with a bang we're kind of spoiling you uh, there are big uh, prediction shows we uh, did them last season I think the season before as well uh, so who's going up who's going down get involved at Wagyu Podcast W-A-G-U Podcast on Twitter or email us via the website wearegoingup.co.uk which shall be getting a facelift of some sort in the next month or so I'm pleased to say uh, first initial thoughts then before I tell everyone about our guest today um, League 2 this season how do you see it going? Because it was ridiculously tight last year, wasn't it? Absolutely, it was. I mean, you look at—I was looking at the league table in, prepar- in preparation for this, and 
it was incredible, really, how how close it was. Because you you look at the league position, you think, oh, well, you know, they didn't have a great season. They finished fourteenth, or so and such and such team finished seventh, and you know maybe they'll do better this season. But you look at the points total, and from you know from those clutch of teams just outside the playoffs to the ones just above the relegation zone, there was nothing in it. I mean, Barry were a perfect example, Mark. There were a couple of shows last season in the spring mm. where we were really, you know, you were nervous saying that relegation mm. was a real prospect and then went on that amazing run towards the end of the season and you weren't that far away from the playoffs really at the at the end of the season. York, wins would have been York City being an, another mm. similar sort of example. So it, it was really tight and I, I think that shows that there, there wasn't last season much between the division really in terms of quality. A couple of signings here and there, injuries here and there can make all, all, all the difference really and you know, look at the, you always want to look at the teams coming down. Are they going to be strong? Are the teams coming up going to be strong? How is the, how is the composition of the division changed? Um, and we'll go into more depth in this later on. But I, I actually think there might be a pack of maybe a bit separated from the division at the top. I think there might be maybe five, four or five teams that, that, that go out on their own, perhaps. Whereas the relegation battle this season, I think, could be really, <laughs> really interesting because with the exception of, of Exeter, I really was struggling to pick you know, too, another, yeah. another team that, to be relegated. Well, that is the good news. We are going to do our predictions a little bit yeah. later, um, which I know a lot of people look forward to. So they are coming back, perhaps not in the way we did it last year. We'll explain more later in the show. Uh, later on, we're going to be speaking to Mark O'Hare, um, who's been on the show quite a few times before. Football League uh, betting expert. He'll be coming on to uh, give us his best League Two bets for this season. He's going to come on all three Won shows. Won me a good bit of money over the summer, did Mark? Did he? Yeah. Well, we'll talk to him about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Mark's going to be on all three shows, we hope, this week. So we'll speak to him later and also Lloyd Langman from the superb football league blog The Two Unfortunates who's written The Two Unfortunates League 2 preview so Lloyd is going to join us a little bit later uh, but we're going to start with a uh, special guest we spoke to a few minutes ago aren't we Mr David Connolly a man who has played and scored in every single division in England as well as in Holland in the Eredivisie and also played in the World Cup for the Republic of Ireland back in 2002 at the age of 37 he is still playing he's back at Portsmouth after spending the second half of last season on loan at Oxford uh, a few minutes ago we spoke to David uh, about the season uh, that awaits in League 2 and I started by asking him what it's like for a professional footballer in the few days leading up to the start of the new season well, I mean, today we had an open training session at Fratton Park, which was really good. You know, a lot of the fans came in, um, watched the session, and then we had a, an autograph session after. And obviously, you know, then it it builds that the season's, you know, nearly a party. So, um, obviously, the fans are excited. They've all got their, some of them have got their new shirts on and, you know, wanting autographs and pictures. And, you know, it brings it home that actually now it's... You know, you're, 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 could be my last one. Who knows? Could be my last season. Um, and this is obviously just before it starts. So yeah, it's exciting for the fans. It's exciting for the players. And and really now, you almost just want the game to start. Really. And I mean, fans and and pundits and and bookmakers alike will, will sometimes look at pre-season and look at friendly results and you know players that leave and players that come into clubs. And how important is pre-season as a whole in terms of getting yourselves ready for the season? How much of an indicator is it of of what season the club could have ahead well it can go you know lots of different ways and it has done in my career sometimes you, you might be winning in pre-season and scoring and other times you might you know be losing or not scoring but you still go on to have a, a good season it can go lots of different ways I think the key is 
I mean, fitness is important, but I believe that you still need to, you know, win your matches or or get good results in pre-season because every match counts. You know, players' confidence builds from playing matches. Now, I think the days of coming back and needing a week or two to get fit are completely gone. Now, when the players come back, forgetting that the League Two season ended May the first week in May, and a lot of teams are back first week in July. That's two months off. You know, so. I think in that time, you know, if I was manager now, I'd be cutting that, that break down and making sure that when we start, we're, everybody is A1 fit and obviously you minimise your injuries. Sometimes it's happened at Portsmouth this season already where we're looking at seven, eight, nine injuries, um, players who are missing who might not be fit for the first game and, and we've only been back training for four and a bit weeks. So fitness is key and obviously keeping everybody fit and avoiding injuries is key and, and these pre-season games are important you know you want to go into them you want to win them and um, you want to go into the season all the players feel the confidence they're fit they're strong and uh, they're already used to winning I mean you can see that with all the big boys Man United you know playing away on tour they want to win every game every game matters and that's how it should be and how are you finding being back at, at Portsmouth after being at Oxford in the, the second half of last season on loan uh, what's the atmosphere like in the squad obviously Andy Orford's now the permanent manager and he's made some uh, some moves in the window uh, over the summer what's the mood like amongst the players I mean Portsmouth is a fantastic well supported club I mean you know, 20,000 uh, that can fit in that ground, 18, 19, 20,000, you know, they come through a hell of high water. So, you know, they will give the team and and um, the people in charge all the support they need. And for that, obviously, the, the players and everyone else at the club has got to do it on the pitch. And that hasn't happened too often in the, you know, the recent past. So it's about time, obviously, that the team started delivering, you know, as players, we started delivering for them, getting results. And, um, you know, last season was probably one to forget. And I spent the second half on loan at Oxford. And it was a bit different there, a, a smaller sort of club who had a lot of injuries. And, uh, um, again, it's so important keeping your squad fit. It can really have a, an effect on where you finish in the league. When I got there, I think they were running at 60% of the first team squad were fit. I mean, you've got first choice of 11 and, and four or five of them are out. You know, it's a real hard ask to, to continue that for the whole season. So, um, but yeah, good times at Portsmouth. New manager, um, not too sure what his plans are, if I'm in his plans, but obviously, um, you know, you want Portsmouth to do well. It's his first managerial job, and hopefully, he does he gets the results on the pitch. And last season, obviously, Portsmouth were among the favourites pre-season with the bookmakers to, to go up and they had a lot of pressure on them and a lot of expectation given the size of the club playing at, at League 2 by far the biggest club in that division really in terms of fan base um, but obviously as you just mentioned it didn't go well for various reasons last year but again this season they find themselves amongst the favourites there is expectation again once more on Portsmouth do you think that they are right to be amongst the favourites do they justify their status as being as being fancy for promotion or do you think it might be a more, bit more difficult uh, than the bookmakers think? Um, well, it's a trick one in that. Obviously, from such a strong finish, I think everyone's, uh, you know, bookmakers included, will be hoping for that to continue. Now, that's that is um, possible. It's also hard to do. I think they've got a fighting chance, as good a chance as anyone. They should be really strong at home, where they got the, the pull of the crowd behind them. You know, but it's a it's a long season. It's, it's league two. You can almost split it between summer and winter football. How you do in the summer months. And then in December, January, how things go then when you get injuries. And um, that's really important because you might go into the season with one way of playing, with everybody fit, an ideal formation, 
you might be scoring goals, you might be keeping it tight at the back, you pick up a few injuries and before you know it you might be missing your striker, you might be missing your centre half and, and you might have to change to from a four two three one to a four four two and you know, you lose a bit of solidity and you start conceding goals. So it's it's a you know, all those teams who get promoted and all those managers are doing such a fantastic job because it's a long season and, and those that get it in the end thoroughly deserve to get promoted. So yeah. hopefully that's possible. And how do you see uh, League Two this season? Because last year, I think out of the three divisions, it was the tightest by far in terms of points from top to bottom. There's a lot of congestion in the middle of the division. Are you expecting something similar this year or do you think with some of the sides that have come down from League One, there might be a, a few more sort of clear-cut favourites? Um, I think there's a lot of, if you, if you look at the clubs and, and in particular the people in charge, there's a lot of experience there mixed with some youth managers just starting out and the number of whom I played with, you know, Graham Kavanagh's at Carlisle, they came down just starting out in the game. I really hope it goes well for him. Um, Gareth Ainsworth at Wickham doing a great job. They just about stayed up, but, you know, they're on a shoestring budget. Same as Carlisle. Neil Idley at Wimbledon, the same. I played with him at Wimbledon. Again, doing a great job on a on a shoestring. He's gone and bought a couple of strikers, maybe from last season. He's learned, you know, where their sort of weakness is. So, you know, there's, with them, then you've got a couple of ex-Premier League managers in Phil Brown at Southend, Nigel Worthington at York. You know, Justin Ibbett doing a great job at Newport. You know, there's some really good managers in in this division. You know, uh, Michael Appen obviously coming to Oxford, and you know, it's 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 actually dominated by those managers who, you know, maybe were managing higher up to begin. Now they're starting again, and you know, no problem rolling their sleeves up and getting on with it and doing it. David Flitcroft at Berry, you know, I think they'll be very strong. He, he looks a very astute uh, tactician. So I think it's a really interesting league this season, uh, much like last season. And it's, again, I do, I do feel it'll be pretty tight. Uh, another one of your former teammates, uh, Gary Rowett, who played at Leicester, and um, their manager of, of Burton Albion now, um, they obviously suffered defeat in the playoff final to, to Fleetwood last season. They were they were up in the playoffs the season before. They've they've had two strong seasons, but you know it's going to be a real challenge for them to keep their motivation up go again they've added to the squad again but I believe certainly if, you, if they can kind of combine the past two seasons they had a really good attacking sort of performance uh, two years ago scoring all, uh, plenty of goals last season they were a lot tighter at the back but perhaps struggled in, in front of goal at, at times if they can kind of mar- marry those two things together this season I, I believe they should be right up there Yeah Gary obviously is another bright up and coming man you've got Colin Cooper at Hartlepool as well you know there's, the, the, the sort of list is endless and, you know, obviously not forgetting John Steele coming up with Luton and Richard Money at Cambridge you know, a lot of experience mixed with sort of youthful young managers getting their start in the game. And you just hope they all continue their education. You don't want to see anyone else, you know, losing their job um, so short in football. And, um, you know, they need at least a good season to, like you say, Gary at Burton, he's bedded his team down, you know, and, and you know, sort of season by season, you just get closer and closer. Obviously, you know, you've got Paul Tisdale, Exeter doing another cracking job with, with again, a shoestring budget, a lot of youth players, a lot of the players from their, their own setup, you know, um, but able to change formation two or three times in a match. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough league, a lot of travelling, a lot of travelling, a lot of teams down south, your Plymouth, your Exeters, obviously there's Portsmouth and, and other ones. And then you've got a lot of teams up north as well. So it's a, it's a real slog Saturday, Tuesday, and come the end of the season, those that do get promoted, they thoroughly deserve it. And David, you, you're a player that, uh, throughout your your career, you, you've played at every level of the game, right right from the top internationally, you know, the World Cup, all the way through to the Premier League. Played obviously in Holland as well towards the start of your career. So perhaps you're well placed to answer this question: How does League Two at the moment compare um, to 
some of the other divisions you, ha- you know you, you see players who are a bit towards the end of their career like yourself coming down to League 2 you see a lot of young players who are maybe on loan from Premier League or Championship clubs playing there's a nice mixture of, of really young players and really experienced players but what's the standard like and how does it sort of differ how, how, how much is, the, is, the, is there a difference so we say between say league top of League 1 and the Championship to, to where League 2 is at the moment well you can on and off that you can be easily punished I mean Southend uh, when I was at Oxford they beat a 3-0 at their place and you know a physical side really well drilled and if you're not up to it you know you will come off second best quite easily and that was a 3-0 defeat and it could have been it could have been possibly more so you know you have got to be doesn't matter what league you've played at what division you've played in um, you're up against players who like you say they might have a mixture of youth they might have Premier League pace they might not have Premier League experience because they're coming down they're only young but they might have the pace um, they might have the, the vigour and the, the youthfulness to try things that maybe older experienced pros won't. We had one at Oxford in Ryan Williams alone from Fulham who uh, did brilliant, you know, brilliant winger. He's gone back to Fulham now. You know, so some clubs can benefit from that, you know, and there will be the likes of Carlisle's and Hartlepool looking for those sort of loans from Middlesbrough and Sunderland, you know, the, the bigger boys. But also too many loans, I think, can affect you and you do need a settled side of some sort. And um, the January window is, is obviously really important. Once you've had the summer months coming into January, that January window, whoever's able to use that, you saw it's come up last season. That's Wilcox made a couple of signings in the January window and it just kicked them on that extra little bit. And I contrast that when I went to Oxford, great club, great people at the club. But we're running at 60% of the first team fit and they signed me, but we possibly needed one more centre-half and, and you know we're nicking a goal or two. And if you're not scoring loads, which they weren't all season, if you're nicking a goal or two, you need to keep it, keep it tight at the back and we just weren't able to maybe hold a, a 1-0 win or a 2-1, you know, we'd turn it into a draw. So the January window is vitally important as well. Yeah, and David, finally, I just wanted to ask, you, you mentioned there a lot of players that you, you played with during your career are now find themselves managing in League 2 and are taking their first steps into managing and coaching. Is that something you see yourself doing in the near future? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, um, you know, that's why you, you, everyone says keep playing. You know, um, I speak to some of, sort of my old, uh, managers when I can, whether it's Alan Pardew or Kenny Jacket, whoever it may be, you know, and they all say keep playing as long as you can. So, you, you know, you try and hang in there. Obviously, you want to still contribute, but, you know, I've done my A licence. I've just been asked to apply for the pro licence and, you know, I've done all the courses that anyone who's still playing can reasonably do. I've done a management course with uh, Wayne Burnett at uh, at Dagenham, another cracking manager, you know, really lovely bloke. I've done a managerial course with him, Brian Wesley as well at Stevenage. So, you know, you're all, I'm trying to do all the right things, put the, you know, the X's and Y's in place and, you know, just, uh, I love coaching. Um, passionate about my football and if it, if it happens one day great you know um, I've been keeping a sort of football coaching log for years about 15 years I've got books everywhere all my sessions I've ever done from right when I was a youngster going into going over to Ireland at 18-19 so I've got all the stuff but you know it's it's very difficult that's why I've got a lot of respect for these managers to actually put it into practice and, and get results and um, you know football is a ruthless business you can you know be out of a job within a few months so um, it's uh, it's not something that you go into sort of um, you've got to have your eyes wide open in fact of, of uh, how it can go, go wrong so when you do go into it you want to be fully prepared and hope that you stay in and that's what I hope to do that was David Connolly the Portsmouth striker speaking to us a few minutes ago and Andy Orford's record 
uh, DC when you look at it since he, uh, he came in towards the end of last season I think five successive wins and then two draws in his seven games so far I'm not quite sure he's going to be able to keep that standard up uh, this season but things do look a little bit more promising don't they with some of these additions to the squad over the summer Craig Westcar coming from Walsall Danny Hollands from Charlton uh, Miles Story on loan from Swinning amongst them things are looking up for Portsmouth yeah I think they are I think obviously they were favourites last season at the start of the season because of the the size of the club you know their recent you know past in terms of the the success that they've had up you know in the Premier League and stuff but I think people really forgot just how catastrophic the fall had been and how much of a you know real bad situation they were in off the field and you know it was never going to be easy for them to hit the ground running I don't think in League 2 last season they obviously they had the managerial change it just didn't work out for Barker in the way they thought it would Orford came in and and as you as you mentioned there went on a really good run there's an optimism around the place towards the end of the season uh, recruitment I think has been solid in the summer Westcar's the one that stands out for me really he scored 17 in all competitions for Walsall last season Danny Hollins has got a bit of pedigree about him so you know and they've they've kept some of the young players that they had last season who impressed as well and Jed Wallace in yeah, particular they have you know the fans the support you, you know is a factor it, when when it, it kind of I suppose it works in in both in two ways it can spur the team on but perhaps it also would at times give opposing teams extra motivation to try and quieten down the home crowd as difficult as that may be mm. at times at Pompey um so they they've got to deal with that pressure but they've got to try and use it to their advantage and I certainly think that they'll be among the teams towards the top end of the division I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last season but as we said it's going to be tight I don't see them running away with it at all OK well we're going to look at some of the front runners in just a second talk a little bit more generally about League 2 this season and to help us do that we're going to be joined by Lloyd Langman who is one of the men behind the Two Unfortunates the non-partisan Football League blog uh, which you can read at the twounfortunates.com uh, Lloyd has written the Two Unfortunates League 2 preview which you can read on there this week and he joins us next after this bit of music We are going up League 2 preview we've got the Football League covered So Lloyd, welcome uh, to We Are Going Up. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, last season, League Two was incredibly tight. Just 39 points from top to bottom, uh, which compared to 61 in League One and 65 in the Championship. The obvious question, I guess, should we expect something similar this season, do you think? Yeah, I expect so. Um, I mean, if, if anything, the standard is is um, of teams is... is kind of got worse I think on the whole and I think um, in looking across the 24 for for the uh, preview that that's, that I'm posting uh, on our website um, it's, it's actually difficult to pull teams out at the top and at the bottom I think I think there's going to be a lot of teams uh, on, on similar points uh, around the middle OK well you're a Plymouth fan so how about we uh, talk a little bit about Plymouth to start I think eight summer signings as we record Lee Cox from Swindon Oliver Norburn from Bristol Rovers uh, Dean Smalley from Oxford uh, but you have crucially signed Reuben Reid up uh, permanently now 21 goals last season I think the first Plymouth strikers scored more than 20 goals in a season since 1984 how crucial is that bit of business by John Sheridan yeah yeah no um, everything well everything's been uh, positive um our goal this summer. I mean, that we we did we did a lot of business early on, and the fan base is is has generally been quite confident about our chances. Although that said, um, after making some good signings, we we lost our captain Connor Hurahane, 
uh, about a month or so ago and um, Oliver Norburn's been brought in in the midfield to, to replace him but whether he, uh, he he does the job remains to be seen I mean he was released from Bristol Rovers uh, so you know I think we're looking better than we were last year, but I'm still not convinced we're uh, we're quite there yet. Okay, well uh, now on to the uh, the rest of the division, and I'm pleased to say uh, that also on the line is uh, Mark. I'm going to brand you as a football league betting expert. I hope that's not too much pressure. Uh, Mark O'Hare is uh, is on the line. And Mark, you were on with us, I think, about a year ago when we looked yep. um, forward to uh, League Two last season. Betting-wise, favourites for promotion from, from League Two this year? Uh, well, you've kind of got the big four, really. Um, Portsmouth are considered the favourites, uh, 8-1 to one best price, but short of 6-1 to one, uh, in some places. Of course, they were 4-1 to one favourites last season before... Flopping, um, very very close to them though. Um, Seventeen to two, also eight to one across the board, and a lot of bookmakers. And then you've got Luton at nines and Shrewsbury at eleven to one. They seem to be the big four. Um, I see quite a lot of people are talking about Portsmouth. Of course, Andy Orford made quite an impact when he when he joined um, towards the end of the season. I think they finished with five wins from seven, um, finished in thirteenth as well after one stage looking like going down. They did lose eight games at home, which I think needs to be addressed if they are going to um, push on and take the title. But you look at that squad, they've got a really big squad, um, full of experience, full of talent. You know, Jed Wallace, Danny, Hull, Danny Hollands, Ricky Holmes, uh, Tom Craddock, Nicky Shorey, Patrick Adjaman. You know, you just look across the board, there's so much quality in that squad. You would expect them to go quite well. Of course, Craig Westcar has joined now as well from Walsall. He scored 17 goals at League One level last year. But... Um, for me, it's, it's Berry. I know, Mark, you'll be pleased with that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I can uh, I can raise you those 17 goals in League One for the 19 goals scored by Ryan Lowe last season for a relegated team uh, in League One. He's obviously our big signing. Uh, Chris Hussey from Burton has come in. I know, uh, DC, you saw him play in the playoff final at, at Wembley. Uh, Danny Mayer is coming in permanently. Kelvin Atuu, who played under uh, Flickcroft at Barnsley, has joined. Um, and uh, Lowe and Nardiello. That is a little bit tasty up front. I've got to say, from my point of view, I'm very excited about this season. Uh, and I, I have actually had a bet on us to go up which does not bode well at all you mentioned the, uh, some of the forward players there, mm. but defensively last season under Flickcroft you were really good yeah, kept excellent. a lot of clean sheets I mean the defence still yeah, in place yeah yeah well, like Jim, Jim McNulty who uh, played obviously for Barnsley in the championship he's now the new club captain we've got Pablo Mills who got promoted with Crawley uh, through the divisions a few years ago Craig Jones who was playing right midfield has now gone back to right back and obviously Hussey's coming at left back and we've got a new goalkeeper uh, Shwan Jalal I think he's uh, that's how I pronounce it he was at Bournemouth uh, yeah. before so that, that's the back four looking pretty solid we haven't lost at home since he took over which is November which is a long time ago now and I'm going to the game against Cheltenham on Saturday which means obviously that'll be the one that we, that we lose um, can we talk about the promoted teams a bit uh, Lloyd um, what do you make of Luton coming up because they've lost their best player basically who's gone to Brentford uh, Andre Gray scored uh, 30 goals in 45 games for them when they got promoted last season uh, do you think they've got a chance of uh, doing the uh, the double bounce into League One uh, yeah I don't see why not Um I was speaking to a Luton fan today, actually, about Andre Gray, uh, and it's true that they haven't really spent on bringing in a replacement, but the, the guy I spoke to uh, was of the opinion uh, that Mark Cullen uh, is, is more than capable of, of um, coming into the team and and replacing Gray, uh, apparently technically as, as good, if not better than Gray. And he's had a good pre-season as well. And I think um, 
you know how it is with with promoted teams. Momentum's always key, and although the the sides that came up last year um, weren't fantastic, this year out of the two. I would be quite surprised if if Luton weren't top half. Whether whether they'll be uh, up there as part of the the supposed big four, I'm not so sure. But they'll be up there. Mark, I suspect you you may not necessarily agree with that. Uh, no, I don't. Um, I think they've been given a lot of respect in, in the markets, just like Portsmouth were last year, because they're quite a big team. They have a big following, and I think they're going to have quite a big expectation on them this season. Um, I was doing a bit of research in the last couple of weeks and the average position for a promoted conference club coming up is, is 13th in their first season. I think that's probably going to be about right, if not uh, on the verge of the playoffs. But I don't see them um, challenging for the title. They're 19-2 to two to win the league, 15-8 um, to eight for promotion, which does come across quite short to me. They've got quite a lot of experience in Mark Tyler, Steve McNulty, Luke Guttridge. But I'm just not so sure that they can sustain it for a season. They've lost their captain, Ronnie Henry, to Stevenage. They have brought in a few um, decent players in Adam Drury, Paul Connolly, Luke Wilkinson to strengthen the defence, but um, I'm just not convinced they're as good as the odds suggest in the, in the betting markets anyway. Well, one thing that I would say would give hope perhaps to Luton Town fans, and not that I want to be doing that. I was going to say, anyway. are you the man to be discussing <laughs> this? Yeah, um, is John still, really. I mean, he, he, we, we maybe forget what a great job he did at Dagenham and Redbridge, got them up into League One uh, a few years ago, which was a <laughs> remarkable achievement. Yeah, and, and he did that, uh, you know, at least in part by consistently managing to find talent from the non-league game and picking them up. Craig McCall Smith, I suppose, being maybe the uh, one of the most successful examples. Paul Benson, another one, um, who's now back with him, actually, Luton, signed from Swindon. Um, and getting them into the league and you know, finding these gems that maybe were late developers or, or dropped out of the game when they were young and have come back into it through the non-league. And, you know, he did really well. And maybe Luton, he's got not as much of a reliance on doing that because he can spend money and there is a bit more of an infrastructure at the club than there was at Dagenham but he's also still doing that Charlie Walker who they've signed from Peacehaven and Telscombe scored 43 goals last season they did the double in in, in their league the, the, cup, like the Southern Cup and, and one of the, the sort of Conference South I think maybe might be the, the rung below that um, but they did the double they had a successful season he scored 43 goals last season so he'll be a confident player and he might be one, another one of these players that sort of comes into the league and, and takes to it you know really well what was the name of that club again? Peacehaven and Telscombe <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of them in my life before there you go you learn something every single week on this show um, let's talk about uh, Shrewsbury one of the sides the four sides that came down from uh, League One last season it's all changed there over the summer Mickey Mellon is the new manager Lloyd and they've, they've bought 16 new players um, so it's almost an entirely different squad to last season um, do you like the look of uh, some of these signings Scott Vernon 43 goals for Aberdeen in the last four years James Collins who did well for them before back from Hibs Liam Lawrence and Jordan Clark uh, Mellon worked with them at Barnsley Nathaniel Knight Percival James Weselowski Mark Ellis Ashley Vincent a lot of uh, well-known players in the lower divisions there mm-hmm. I mean again it's difficult to say uh, when there's so many new players coming into a club and or, yeah, although some of those players have had some good seasons, good careers, I'm not sure Scott Vernon, Liam Lawrence uh, are necessarily at the peak of their careers. I think Mickey Mellon did well when he was at, at Fleetwood and uh, I, I, I thought he was quite unlucky to go there. I think um, the Fleetwood chairman, Andy Pilly, was just... So hungry for uh, for for the club to get up that um, Mellon 
had to make way. But yeah, I think I think he seems a good fit for, for Shrewsbury. They've they've had a couple of quiet years after going up from League Two. Graham Turner perhaps spent a little bit too long there, and things needed freshening up one way or another. But yeah, whether whether you can. Um, Build a team, you know, over a summer like that, and, and and go up. I'm not sure. That's why, in my own preview, I've, I've been looking at a, a couple of different sides, sides that are perhaps going into the season in slightly more stable fashion, a bit more continuity. Name them for us. Well, um, two sides that were chasing the playoffs for, for uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, and both and both managed to get in there, Southend and York. I'd, maybe I'm being a bit contrary with putting both of them alongside Barry for my favourites, but I just think that uh, Phil Brown and Nigel Worthington did really well to get them in the playoffs last season. And although both have lost a couple of players, I just wonder whether that little bit of continuity might count for something this season. When you know quite a few teams have have had a big turnover in in players. One team that is going to be uh, interesting to to follow the progress um, of this season is Oxford United. Um, it's all changed there over the summer as well. Michael Appleton only thirty eight. He's already managed four clubs, and um, I think it's important that he gets this job right for his own career. Really, he's taken over replacing Gary Waddock, who's been sacked over the summer. Um, Mark, what do you make of Oxford's chances? What are the bookies saying about Oxford this season? Have they got a chance of going up? I always say they're going to go up by the playoffs, and they never make it. Yeah, they seem to be one of those sort of teams that everyone seems to tip up at the start of the season. Although this season seems to be different, they're twenty-five to one to win the league, six to one the promotion um, I think that's probably just about right of course they were top of the table at the start of December uh, last season and then things started to unravel I'm not a big fan of Michael Appleton I think just the fact he, he seems to jump ship quite quite quickly um, as you say he needs to settle down and actually do a job for once and um, the new owners at Oxford were quick to get rid of Gary Waddock I think he lost seven of eight games in charge and I've not been too impressed with the summer business they brought in of course, James Constable's now left as well. That's bizarre, isn't he? Um, he was one goal away from breaking the record, and he's yeah, he's yeah. gone to Eastley, the, the all-time club top top goal scorer. I've actually got a tweet here from Paul Matthews. We uh, asked for tweets earlier today. As an Oxford fan, I'm very pleased to have Appleton. Not being that donkey Waddock is his most positive attribute. There you go. So maybe <laughs> the Oxford fans are feeling slightly more optimistic about it than than you, Mark. Uh, DC, you want to say something about Oxford? Yeah. Well, so they have signed George Long on loan from Sheffield United, which I think is quite a decent signing. Uh, he's a keeper that showed some promise when he first came into the Sheffield United team since lost his place but it's a six month loan uh, to get him some first team football so I think that would be a decent acquisition for them uh, but I, d- I do share your doubts perhaps about them in terms of how well they'll do this season I'm not necessarily convinced about Michael Appleton we'll see how long he sticks around this time um, surely he's going to want to you know he needs to stick around he needs to really cement his reputation and, and you know put some roots down somewhere because it just hasn't He's not lasted long enough in any job so far to really do that. But um, I just wondered whether there might be any specials out there of any bookmakers to get Cambridge to finish ahead of Oxford <laughs> in the old university <laughs> battle. Because I think they might, it could potentially happen. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there somewhere along the lines. Um, I quite like Cambridge, to be honest. I think they've made a, a few decent signings. Like the manager, Richard Money, he's got a pedigree in, in League Two as well. I think he guided all sorts of the title a few years ago. Um, I think they're quite a decent shot for a top half finish at seven to four. Whereas the, at the other side, I think Oxford could be in, a, in the bottom half myself. But um, 
Yeah, I quite like Cambridge. Okay. Uh, what about relegation candidates then? Lloyd, you've been looking at all 24 clubs. Uh, last season, it went right to the wire with Wickham somehow staying up on the final day at Bristol Rovers' expense. Um, there's one team that everyone's talking about in terms of relegation uh, this season, and that's a team who've got a transfer embargo, um, and that's uh, Exeter City. Paul Tisdale, I think he's the second longest serving manager in English football after Arsene Wenger, um, but he's got a difficult job there this season. Yeah, well, it's been a difficult job for for as long as he's been there and it's I think particularly uh, made harder by how uh, quite, a, quite a number of supporters are, are, right, are right on his back and uh, criticising him at every turn I mean what he's supposed to uh, be doing better than he currently is I'm, I'm not sure um, but yeah it's it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult year for them no doubt they've, they've got they still haven't been able to sign anyone all summer uh, at all um, as far as I know they haven't spoken about when they're going to be able to pay the going back to the PFA which was is the reason why they're under the transfer embargo they lost uh, their final friendly at home to Torquay uh, on Saturday yes they had a couple of injuries a, a bit of flu around the squad apparently but it, yeah it all looks it all looks a bit uh, sad going into <laughs> the season even saying that as an Argyle fan so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they're down there at all OK um, some of the other teams uh, mentioned in the bookies odds mark I'm sure you can give us who the favourites are it's all the same names really you somehow you know we always think they're going to go down Accrington Morecambe and they always survive what are the, uh, the bookies saying in terms of favourites to go down um, Morecambe are actually the, the favourites of 5-1 to one for relegation followed by Exeter Accrington uh, and Wickham all at 6-1 to one. and you've got Dagenham at 7-1 to one, Mansfield 9-1 to one, and a, a glut of teams all along the 10-1 to one mark um, I tend to agree that Exeter are probably the, the most likely to go down and at 6-1 they represent a bit of value there 10-1 to one to finish bottom of the league as well if you like that they only won six games at home last year their captain's been transplanted now as well Danny Coles because of the Twitter controversy uh, I think they need to finish five points above the, the relegation zone as well so they're definitely at the top of everyone's list for relegation um, I quite like the look at Cheltenham at 10-1 to one. I think they're double the price of Morgan to go down sort of punched above their weight for two years Look, I like Mark Gates he's a good manager um, he's made a few sensible and decent signings in Nassau Hall Matt Taylor Trevor Carson in goal as well um, but they look a striker short and if they regress at all I think they could uh, be in big trouble and I think 10 to 1 a, a touch of value there for relegation I'll just I mean we'll, we'll get on to this when we do our predictions later but looking at all the teams today uh, and over the weekend it's really difficult I think to, I mean Exeter are the ones that stand out for me because of the the fact that they're, you know they've lost several players and not been able to bring in any at all and with no sign of that situation coming to any sort of resolution so I think it's going to be a very difficult season for them um, but then after that you look at just you know there are a lot of teams who because the league was so tight last season you know you might think that there's there's not much between them, I and mean, you know there's teams that like in the mid table like Newport last season, and someone like Mansfield, Cheltenham, and you think, well, are they going to improve? They've they've all bought in, they've all bought in a reasonable amount of players. They've all lost. There's been there's been turnover in every squad, so it's difficult to say really. But I don't know if there's any. Whereas last season, perhaps you could look at Torquay at the start of the season, and you know, Morecambe were down there, Accrington were down there, Wickham were down there. But I think. 
I'm not sure Morecambe or Accrington are going to be as bad as they were last season. They both fin- they both finished the season reasonably well. Uh, Accrington, in particularly, after the first few months, actually went on a really good run. Their, their performance was quite good under James Beattie. So I I, I'm, I was lost really to, to try and pick another team of Exeter. <laughs> Northampton as well want to put the nightmare of last year behind them under Chris Wilder. So they'll be hoping to, to push on this season. And also AFC Wimbledon. And Mark, I remember seeing a tweet from you a few weeks ago about the bookies quite fancying AFC Wimbledon this season. They've signed Big Bay in Fenway. I noticed all 16 stone of him. Um, have they got a chance of uh, maybe getting in the playoff shake-up, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think they did their business quite early in Hackenfen, where they also brought in Matt Tubbs as well, who's finally found his scoring boots again online at Crawley last year. I think he's got 8-18. Hackenfen, they've got 10-34 in, in League One. So um, I think they're always quite tight and, and quite well set up by um, Neil Ardley last season to um, defend. But now I've got that kind of X-factor going forward. They're 80-1 to one at the start of June to win the league. That's now 40-1. to one. The Shrewdies have been in there and sort of gobbled it all up. So you can still get 8-1 to one on them being promoted, which has appeal. 33-20 to 20 to finish in the top half as well. Holds appeal for me. They finished... Um, well, they should really better their best ever record, which is 16th and 54 points. Um, I do like Ardley. Decent tactician. They've been at this level for three years now. Danny Bullman's also joined. I meant to mention him as well. And they've also got a talented young midfielder as well, and Harry Pell. So... I think there's progress to be had for Wimbledon. I definitely think they're a, a keen and outsider, but um, you probably missed the, the bigger prices, which have already gone during the World Cup. <laughs> OK, a few tweets. Dan Anders, Shrewsbury will win the league. Top manager recruited. Excellent additions. They may start slow, but they've got the right players and manager to score a lot of goals. Uh, Barry will be strong as well. Adam Brown, Oxford will be mid-table, probably lower than our customary 8th or 9th. Nothing like a bit of optimism to start the season. Uh, Matt says, Shrewsbury and Barry look good to me. Wimbledon are the dark horses. Cheltenham and Exeter for the drop. Um, Andy Hipkins. Matt Tubbs, very astute signing for AFC Wimbledon. Um, his partnership with Akin Fenwick could shoot them into the playoffs. At Wagyu Podcast to get in touch. Lloyd, uh, we're going to wrap this up now, but um, maybe a final team from, from you that you think we should look out for this season. Maybe maybe someone we haven't mentioned or maybe someone we have mentioned. Just going through it, you thought, you know what, they, they might have a pretty good year this year. Um, I think I think um, no one's really been speaking about Stevenich, and um, again, there's been a, a lot of incoming and outgoing uh, players, but they look solid. Uh, they got they they've got um, a decent squad, and Wesley knows how to put together a team. So uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be too far off the pace this season. Yeah, and Mark, um, you've mentioned some of the the runners and riders there, some of the the prices you can get on various various teams. But if you had to pick three uh, of your top bets for League Two, the best value bets you think are out there, which ones would they be? Uh, I think extra relegation at six to one. I think you can't argue with that. When again, the teams not being able to bring in any players because of the transfer embargo and seeing a few leaves, having to field the kids. Slightly shorter than I've got Plymouth for a top seven finish at 15 to 8. I think they'll progress under John Sheridan. Ruben Reed's a great signing. Um, and finally, it's not one to get you rich and it's quite a long time to wait for it to be paid out. But I think Northampton to finish in the top half at 10 to 11 is an absolute steal. I think they'll really push on now under Chris Wilder. They've made some very good signings in the summer too. I think they're an outside shot for promotion, let alone the top half. So. Um, they'd be my three bets but I fancy Barry to win the league yes that's what I like to hear um, Mark <laughs> thanks very much for coming on I believe you're going to be back on with us tomorrow looking at the runners and riders in League One so we'll speak to you tomorrow and uh, Lloyd thank you very much for coming on uh, where can people read this League Two preview 
Uh, it's it's on the two unfortunates, uh, and it'll be live uh, from Tuesday lunchtime. Okay, so probably as you hear this, it'll be up there right now. That's uh, the two unfortunates. dot com. DC predictions at the ready. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll do it in a second. I've just made a few changes. <laughs> <laughs> we are going up's League Two preview predictions. So we've given it the big build-up. It is predictions time. And uh, last year we did it sort of quite complicated, didn't we? We did kind of like champions, runners-up, playoff winners and so on. We're going to make it a little bit more simple this year. Four teams to go up, two teams to go down, a top scorer and a one to watch. Have you done a one to watch? Oh, I forgot about one to watch. Well, we can leave it if you want. No, come on. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll pick one out. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> uh, so four teams to go up and we're going to do a very, very brief explanation why. Are we? Ten seconds mm. or so. Uh, okay, shall I go first or do you want to go first on the promoted teams? Um, you go first. Okay, my four to go up and the, the, the reasons why. Uh, Shrewsbury, um, they're always strong, um, I've found, in league, uh, league Two level traditionally. They've got a new manager who's got a pedigree of promotion. They've made a lot of good signings. I just fancy them to do well this year. I think they'll definitely be the best of the four relegated clubs. Uh, Portsmouth, I've gone for. Um, for a lot of the reasons we talked about earlier five wins and two draws under Andy Orford last season they made some good signings this year Craig Westcott scored lots of goals in League One they seem to be on an upward momentum now the fans want Andy Orford in charge he's in charge I think they're going to have a much better season so I'm going to go for Portsmouth slight outsiders but I'm going to go for Burton um, probably via the playoffs after two near misses um, if they can combine the form of the last two seasons the attacking mentality they had two years ago and the defensive solidity of last season into one year they could do it and of course I've got to go for my own team I've got to go for Berry to go up as well um, because I've had a bet on us to go up and I have to sort of make it official on the podcast I just think we're going to have a really good season I think we've got a good manager we've got an excellent squad for this division if you saw our lineup from the friendly on Saturday against Rochdale it looks very very strong and I fancy us to go up automatically this season famous last word David Cameron Walker okay um, much the same really oh, right. <laughs> the exact same four yeah brilliant okay yeah. well we saved ourselves a load of time then um, two teams to go down you can go first on this one two teams to go down well Exeter as you've mentioned yeah um, I think they will go down I mean having said that I mean it's we've seen teams like Morecambe like Accrington year in year out be favourites to go down and survive in this division so I don't think it's completely beyond them I think they're certainly going to have a real tough season and they obviously need to get their situation with the, with the finances sorted out sooner rather than later. I've gone for Exeter as well. Who's your second team? My second team, as I mentioned, this was difficult. Mm. This was like just, you know, just shutting your eyes and sticking a pin in the league table, really. It, it, there, there are a lot of teams who I think, some of the teams that struggled last season have, have improved. Some of the teams that were mid-table, upper mid-table, I'm not sure they've improved that much. So I think it's going to be really tight. But the one I went for in the end was Mansfield. Hmm, I was thinking about them. Paul Cox seemed to be on the verge of being sacked for a large part of last season. They've lost a lot of players in terms of numbers. And they've brought a few in, but they've certainly lost more than than have come in. Some of the players they've brought... Interesting. They've brought in two players from AC Monza. (laughs) They could say AC Milan then for a second. (laughs) Who appear to be uh, British players, Alex Fisher and Fergus Bell. Uh, Don't sound very Italian. They've also brought in somebody from from Winterthur. I don't even know where that is. I've not not checked, but (laughs) I've no idea what country that's from. Sasha Studer. I've... Um, um, I've been boring. I've gone for Morecambe. Here's a stat. 
they finished their first three seasons in the Football League in the top half of League Two. In the last uh, four years, they've failed to finish any higher than 15th. So I think this might be the year when it finally catches up with them. Although I would like to see Kevin Ellison banging them in still, if he's still there. I hope he is. Um, right, top scorer then, have you gone for? I've gone, I've gone for Ryan Lowe. Of course I've gone for Ryan Lowe. Uh, yeah, I thought about him, but I just wonder whether... I well, the recent... score goals, I don't know if he'll be the top scorer. Yeah, I mean, okay. 35 years old. That's true, but uh, his stats are pretty They incredible. are good. 27 yeah. last Consist- time he was in League 2, yeah. 19 last season in League 1. He takes pens and free kicks as well. Mm. Who have you gone for? Well, I, well I've, I've crossed out a couple of names that I had. Um, oh, I've thrown did... his pen down and discuss. <laughs> I did have Craig Westcar, uh, and I also had James Collins of yeah. Shrewsbury, but I've bottled those two, and I've thought, well, I'm going to try and go for something a little bit different. Um, hopefully it won't be as disastrous as last year's Rennie Howe. <laughs> um, but I've gone for Calvin Zola. Uh, okay. Who's signed for Stevenage? Uh, That's not a bad shout, I suppose. Coming down from Aberdeen. Didn't have the best time of it up at Aberdeen, but last time he was in League Two, he was tremendous for Burton Albion. Scored all sorts of goals. There's, there's quite a few strikers who have been playing in Scotland who've come down to League Two this season. Yeah. I'm not sure what that says about the respective divisions. Mm-hmm. Make your mind up on that. So you're going for Calvin Zola? Yeah, I just think he'll suit Stevenage. As you know, he's, okay. a, he's a big physical striker, and I think he'll give them something. And finally, and finally, we're going for one to watch. Um, so I'm going for a player who played a big part in helping Cambridge get promoted last season, uh, Ryan Donaldson. He played two games at Wembley last year. He won man of the match in both of them, so he will be known to non-league fans. Uh, he's 23 years old, scored seven times from midfield last season, and I think he's going to do quite well at League Two level. So Ryan Donaldson from Cambridge is my one to watch. Have you got a one to watch for us to, to round this first podcast well, of the did, season off with? I did mention uh, Charlie Walker earlier on of Luton Town yeah. I'm not sure how much he'll play there at the start I know John, okay. John still has said that they're going to ease him in gently and not necessarily expect by the way we're doing the show live from Luton in a couple of weeks we are. which will be exciting well, hopefully we'll see him there yeah. um, not going to expect the world from him straight away so he's one I'd mention but the one I'll pick for this bit uh, I would say uh, will be John Joe O'Toole who okay. has signed for Northampton uh, he scored I think 15 goals or around about that sort of mark last season for Bristol Rovers who eventually went down um, he's a good goal scoring midfielder what he lacks perhaps in, in in technical excellence he certainly makes for makes up for in, in determination he's very good at timing his runs and getting on the end of things uh, despite the fact being in central midfield he's very good at popping up in the box and, and scoring goals um, and I think he'll be a really good signing for Northampton has he ditched the Alice band though that's the big no, question I think it's very yeah. much still there yeah Okay, right, that is it for our League Two preview. I'll be there at the JD Stadium on Saturday for our opening game against uh, Cheltenham. So there might not actually be a show next week because I'm going to be back up north. But again, we'll refer to what we said at the start of the show about this season. We are spoiling you, though, this week. Three shows, still got two more to come. Our League One preview will be out on Wednesday. Our Championship preview will be out on Thursday. If you do want to get in touch in the meantime, if you're a new listener, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at WAGU Podcast. That's Wagyu Podcast. Or you can go via the website, wearegoingup.com. Co.uk. Thank you, David Cameron Walker. Thank you. It's good to be there back. We go. isn't it? it is good to be back. That was a longer preview than expected, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to our guests as well, Lloyd Langman from the Two Unfortunates and Mark O'Hare. We will speak to you tomorrow for our look at League One. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.